Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven figure sellers. To get a 15 day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers. Now, the word Amazon's pretty narrow. I normally think e-commerce is broad, but today we're going to talk even broader than that. So today's guest, Talor, has been helping people to get retail ready for a long, long time. He's been in the space uh, for a great deal of time, and we'll hear more about him in detail in a second. But the main thing he helps people with is get ready and actually helps them to actually get introduced to and actually start selling through some big box retailers, which lest we forget, I guess we're still talking about 85 to 90% of retail, right? So first thing, welcome to the show. Great topic to be addressing. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me today. Pleasure. Appreciate so where in, where in the world are you coming to us from, first of all? Let's get a bit of context. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm located right now in, for the last couple, couple of years. Just a quick bio about me before we start. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, so for the last 18 years or so, I've been working with retailers in the States. My market is the USA. That's the main market I work with. Been living in Asia for like 12 years. I was having my manufacturing facilities in China. I was living in China for seven years. So in, in my background, I'm coming from the manufacturing side and I understand all the, you know, all the chain that you have to go through when you start with a product and develop it and ship it and all this process and everything. During the years, I've seen a lot of, you know, changes in terms of the e-commerce, a lot of people running to the e-commerce and everything. But since my thing was retail, I just choose uh, to stay there and to strength my my power there. And I've been working with like different retailers in the state, something like 60 different retailers. We're talking about the big boxes. Some people call it big boxes, retailers, department stores, brick and mortar. There are a lot of names to name it. Just brick and mortar is a wider term, not necessarily only big and big boxes, but physical stores in particular. In particular. And during the, the years, I've been selling a lot of different products from different categories since 10, 2017. I stopped producing my own lines and I was basing my, my sales on stuff that I have with my partner in LA on the ground stuff products. And at the same time, I was also, I was also approached by Amazon seller trying to sell in the retail space because some of them kind of understood there's like more market that they are missing. And since you already, you know, as an Amazon seller or e-com seller, you produce and you do the whole thing with the shipping, with the warehouses and all this uh, chain then why don't you sell on other places as well? Not to mention that, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket is a little bit risky, especially with Amazon, they're changing the rules every day and we all know how it is. Yeah. Um, well, Amazon <laughs> is a great platform. There's no question about it. A lot of people made a lot of money on that and still making, which is great, but there are so many other things uh, out there in the retail market and we will talk about it later. Anyways, what I started to do is, yeah, work with Amazon sellers. We will talk about it a little bit later in different forms, different variations and sell their products as well to the retail uh, space. 
So that's my trying to do a short brief about myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess compressing 18 years of experience, that, that's pretty impressively uh, succinct. So yeah, well done. Seven years <laughs> in China, obviously, that very, very important. You've, you've worked in the US and with US companies. And we should say from the outside as well, for those based in the UK or who are American-based but trying to sell in the UK or Europe, that you focus on the USA. But I have to say, I suspect that a lot of the strategies and, and approaches that work in the USA are going to be very applicable in the UK or, or other markets, I imagine, as well, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm working with Australian uh, vendors, New Zealand, UK, Colombia, Israel, of course, a lot of different places. And I've been seeing during the years, especially in the last two years, that a lot of them just took everything you know we do together and they implement that on their countries. So my market is not South Africa or Australia or anything, but as long as you know how to act on retail side, usually you can just copy paste it to you know any country. Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it, that given the geographical spread between Australia, UK and uh, America, they, they kind of divide the globe into three almost. Um, nevertheless, yeah. culturally, there's a lot in common in terms of, you know, the expectations. And there's always nuance, but you're going to pick that up as you go anyway, right? So, yeah, the first major question I've got to ask you then is the dumb question that that is nevertheless for anyone who's in e-commerce and they kind of self-identify as an e-commerce seller or whatever, why even bother with that old school offline brick and mortar world? Isn't it just dying, especially under COVID? Is it even an opportunity anymore? No, it's not dying at all. There's a lot of talks about the retail apocalypse. And I've been hearing this for like almost a decade, but it, there is no apocalypse and it never happened and it's not going to happen. Let me explain. As of today, the numbers are showing statistics, not what I think or what I see, just statistics, you know, from everyone can Google that, that... Well, first of all, there are 320,000 physical stores in the States, which is, I mean, people, when, when they want to say something big, they talk about millions. But when you talk about not millions, 300,000 stores, this is like a huge number, a huge, huge number, a huge potential. That's number one. Number two, moving forward with numbers, Amazon is still between 10 to 11% out of, the, out of the retail market in the States, not the online market, the whole retail market. And once you know and understand that, you know, this data, you know that there's like another 90% that your products are most probably not being exposed to. And this 90% is built from, I, I divided to a few blocks. It's easier for me, you know, to see that way. But brick and mortar is just one block. It's a huge block, but it's one block. Now, inside the brick and mortar, you have like discounters, you have high-end, mid-end uh, uh, big boxes, you have different, you know, different kind of companies if you look at macy's they have like more than 800 uh, stores if you look at a small retailer like um vomar 36 stores but if you look at big retailers like tj max they have 4,000 stores cvs has almost 10,000 stores we're talking about you know very big companies and these companies needs products to sell now before we go to the products and everything so this is one block okay it's divided inside obviously but this is like the retail like what, what you call old school and this old school exists there are still you know teachers and, and students and everything it's it's still selling and it's selling very good whatever you do there's no you know there's no way to change the fact that going on on shopping with friends with the wife with the, with the kids or whatever it is is like an experiment you know it's like having fun it's a part of something it's not just going there buying it and that's it so a lot of people you know especially in the states they would they would buy on amazon no, no there's no no doubt about it and they would buy on the other like online platforms but the, the brick and mortar is not going anywhere it's you know it's something that's gonna last i think like 
still for like decades. So that's the first block. The second yeah. block is those retailers, since they understood the potential of, you know, of what's happening on the dot-com, they, they realized that and they obviously raised their own dot-com uh, platform. So if you look at the top, top 10 in, in, in the States, obviously Amazon is number one, and then you have Walmart, Etsy, eBay, that's not the proper order, but those are the big four. And then you have Best Buy.com, and Best Buy is a retailer. They're number six, if I remember correct. Macy's is number nine. You also have, I think, Sam Club is also on the top 10, and Target as well. Target is either five or seven. So you inside those top 10 websites in the state, you already have four retailers. Now, think about what's happening here. Now, we just spoke about one block, and another block is the dot-com, but those blocks... They have like, you know, there's there's a match there because once you start working with Walmart and people know that and selling on their online platform, which is something that a lot of Amazon vendors managed to do in the last two, two or three years, you know that you have a potential to get to the stores as well. And you also know that you really want to get there because you're not going to be there like you are on Amazon or Walmart platform online with like tons of competition. You're going to be there with competition, but not like you have on the online. So that's, yeah, the second platform. And that's not the only .com that we're looking at. There's like more .coms. If you look at the top 50, 60 .com in the States, the majority of them is like product related. Yeah. And another, this the third block that we can look at is I call it special channels. Now, special channels is like channels that people usually don't think or are not aware of them being existing. For example, and this is a great example. If you look at subscription boxes, subscription box is like there's a company there are are companies that are like offering a box full of surprises every month to their subscribers and let's say they offer them for 99.99 okay like a hundred dollar they are showing value of this hundred dollar as a market value of five six seven hundred dollar but then customers are getting it for 100 it's very easy to understand if you think about what's happening behind that, behind the scene, because if, if vendors are selling them for wholesale price, and we will talk about pricing, which is lower than the retail price, then, you know, this $100 actually really worth much more than what it is. Not to mention that it's quite fun to have, you know, box full of surprises every month. Now, you might think that this is a small business, but that's, that's not the case. Let me tell you a very interesting, not big, but very interesting data that I just ran into a few weeks ago. Out of, out of uh, every person who ever bought anything online in the States, okay, which means the majority of the people between the age of whatever, 12, 13, until 60, 70, I guess, sometimes even 80, but that's the majority of the population. So out of this population, more than 80% are registered to any subscription box, to at least one subscription box. This is an incredible information that I'm bringing you here because when I ran into that and I was working with subscription box back in 2018 and 19, but when I ran into that info and that data, I was like, oh my God, I'm missing something huge here. That means, you know, you know, that means that there's so much, you know, open market and so much market out there that I'm just, I'm just not there. And then I started, you know, immediately to Google because that's what we do when we, when we find something new. And I was like, oh my God, there used to be like five to 10 big companies and that's it in the States. Now there's like, it's all over the place. There's like tons of companies and there's like companies for subscription box from pet category, beauty category, toys category. I even found a lot of companies because someone needed that for, for, for his business of CBD, you know, cannabis, not cannabis, but CBD. And like 
you name it, each and every category. You know what? It's funny. I, by mistake, I didn't even look for that, but I found that there are metal a subscription box. Metal, I mean, you know, metal music, like heavy metal. All right. So like with all the bands and, you know, the shirts and the accessories <laughs> and all this. And I was like, oh my God, even for that, like it's yeah. a whole huge industry. That's so huge. Just, so you just need to understand one thing here. There's companies, a lot of them, that having like between hundreds of thousands to millions, like if you take the top 10, each and every one of them have like between five to 15 million subscribers. That means every month, five to 15 million boxes, products, multiply, you know, by a few products. So, hey, they need products, right? And I'm there. I have products and my products are cool. I need to sell them. So subscription box is one of the special channels. There are also other channels like media channels, like a lot of media companies in the States are selling. And I ended up doing some sales like that, selling to, you know, like media kits or, or promotion items or stuff like that. Instead of having it, you know, in-house, they just give it to media companies and those media companies are doing it for them. Another channel on the special channel, and I love that channel, is TV. I've been showing in TV with products for a couple of times, and this is like a big one. And it's totally possible to do. It's totally doable. It's not something, on, it's not on the sky. And I'm not talking about shopping shopping channel. I don't, personally, I don't like shopping channel. In shopping channel, you feel like, I'm sorry for the term, you feel like being raped. Like, buy it, buy it, buy it. That's what you hear. It doesn't matter what they say. It's like, buy it, buy it. No, that's not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like normal channels like Good Morning America, which people from the States would know. It's on ABC channel. It's like at least twice or three times a week with Tori Johnson, very famous figure in the States. She's like Tori Johnson of the shopping, okay? So I'm sorry, it's like uh, Oprah Winfrey of the shopping. So yeah. Tori Johnson, yeah, you, if, you, if you run your products on her, there's a, how do you call it? There's a... I don't know, slightly one and a half minute of selling products in her show, yeah. like a segment. Sure. And if you show, you're showing that segment for 12 seconds, you're going to be exposed for like 40 to 50 million houses in the States. Think about it. And with, you know, with your products for sale. So, and these are like huge orders. Anyway, yeah. those are the special channels. There are more, but I don't want you know, to dig too much. Last channel, um, last block inside the retail. I'm going to make it short is the brick and uh, i'm sorry the specialty stores specialty stores like standalone stores they're not retailer they're not big box it's a moms and pop stores that's how they call it in the states like you know family business they have a store either in the mall or outside in the street and they sell products and they need products those are the specialty stores so those are the four big blocks wow so there's a lot to take on board here but i would say a few things that strike me immediately from this business model perspective so i always look to look at things from the the biggest picture possible and then zoom in so my first question is always is this an opportunity and the first thing you said you have me at the word subscription so i've read the automatic customer which you may have conversation john marillo i can't remember who wrote it but the value of businesses that have a subscription element is just astronomically higher than you have to hunt for new customer every single time even if you have a shopify store and you have loyal customers there's a really big difference between they tend to come back frequently and buy if they buy this then they'll come back on average four or five times a month versus a guaranteed every single month subscription right there's it's a beautiful thing so for me i'm also excited by the word subscription if it i don't care whether that's that's a SaaS business coaching business or a uh, physical retail for that matter from the business model i know the valuations for those companies are higher the revenue is more stable so you have me at the word subscription, as I said in Jerry Maguire, but also I think the the sheer size of it uh, is exciting, but also, I suppose, intimidating. So I suppose that brings us to the, the next question is going to be how we do it. And I know we're going to deep dive into that. Before we do that, can we 
try and bridge the gap between this this massive landscape you've just painted of these different types of players and then the humble you know, private label or maybe somebody's got custom products they're selling on amazon they know what they're doing they've got maybe 10 20 30 SKUs. they've got profit they've, they've nailed down the supply chain how do you even go from there how do you even make a decision about where to focus next because there are so many options how do how do we make that decision right so normally if you don't know the market um is good then you would just look at your own products and start you know searching for similar or parallel products in the market and see where could you find them? For example, if I'm if I spoke about the big the big ten, okay, and I have products. Let's say I have whatever uh, kids game, okay, whatever game it is, plastic, wooden, whatever. I would go and search for stuff like that in Costco.com, in Target.com, not in toys retailers, but in normal retailers. If I find that you know there's on their own line, if I find those similar products there, I know that they have them in the stores as well. Most probably, I could even try on YouTube and find some more. This is a very good tip. Um, you can do like Costco walk-in store or whatever you Google, and then you can see a lot of friends that, okay, I didn't know that Costco was selling that. Sometimes they have different stuff in stores and on the online, not sometimes, but always. And then another step you could do, you could try and research like the example I gave, like if you look at uh, The View, which is another segment on Good Morning America with the ABC channel or Diesel Steel, Deals and Steals, you would see what products they sell. And then you would know, okay, they don't sell my kind of products. I mean, you can scroll back like a few weeks, few events back and see like, you know, they're, they're having like five to 10 labels each and every time. Most of the cases, five labels. So out of, you know, a week, if you don't find, or two, three weeks, if you don't find labels that are on your same category, you say, okay, th this is not my space. And then the same thing you could do with the other spots. And also, you know, it's things that should make sense. Like I'm seeing people that are sending like, let's say smoking tools, so it makes sense that smoking tools, I'm not talking about cigars, I'm talking about cannabis smoking tools, you know, grinders and stuff like that. Obviously, I spoke with guys like that today, you know, just this morning. And they were like, mate, we don't we don't want to sell in, 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 in big boxes because we don't think they're going to sell our products. And I was like, right, you're damn right. I mean, I've seen grinders before, like those kind of grinders, and, and they're not existing in, in the retailers because, you know, rules, whatever reality i don't know but that's that's the case so for them it would be specialty stores because if you look at specialty stores for you know for smoking tools there are tons of them in the states so that would be a better channel for them so common sense a little research and you would probably know where your products could sell not to mention that you could even use wikipedia and search literally for like uh certain category retailers like if i would you know look for electricity retailers across the US in Wikipedia, I would find the big the big five or 10. And then I would know, okay, my electric items could fit there or not. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, I suppose the, the only thing I'd say about the word common sense is what's common sense for you with 18 years experience in the, in the industry probably isn't common sense for most of us. Hence what we're trying to, I suppose, give people a bit of, you know, common sense from your view. But it's true that obviously certain bits of common sense apply like you you're never going to find people selling you know cannabis smoking equipment in you know a family friendly store because it doesn't fit their image the lawyers are worried etc etc so yeah i, I can right. see that common sense applies and also very interesting i guess what you're looking for is simply a commonality in the categories that whatever channel it is sells right it sounds like that's more or less your approach is that right yeah totally okay 
Perfect. Like sometimes I do feel like a police officer trying to handle the traffic. You know, this goes to there, this goes to here. Because you're right, it's a big question here of where is it going to be. But if you, if for instance, if you have beauty items, just for the example, if you have skincare items, you would probably think about Walgreens or CVS. But you could think about OTC over the counter in other you know pharmacies or pharmacy chain stores. So yeah, that's the common sense I'm using. It's not like something special. Yeah. Except that even the word like OTC is for you a standard abbreviation and you're wise enough to not leave a three-letter abbreviation in a podcast. Very good. Over the counter. Right, but, but even but, so, it's a, it's a landscape. People the category would know, wouldn't they? I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I suppose that it's easy to assume knowledge. I mean, some stuff would would be because I'm not a US-based consumer, so that would be common sense to a US-based consumer. But some, some things are easy when you know how, but I do think that it... it probably is less obvious to people who are coming from a pure e-commerce perspective because they've probably never had a retail background is they don't treat it as a subset of retail they think of it as a thing in itself and they've never looked outside of it which i which is why i wanted to get you on the show because i think you you look at it from the opposite end right you look at everything as retail of which a percentage is e-commerce so obviously we're gonna get very much into how to get retail ready we've got a six-part framework you have which is great love love simple frameworks but i'd like to just to in this segment just just draw it to a close with simply asking what stuff do you do to help people because obviously it is quite complex you have what you call common sense and what i would say is hard won experience so what is it you offer people if, if they have a decent catalog and things i guess first of all we've got to ask who do you work with and who do you not work with it's some presumably you don't work with somebody who's got like one skew and is making a few thousand dollars a month but so who do you work with and, and what do you how do you help them okay so well basically it's before i even start to work with anyone i usually send them you know to fill a form so i would know what they sell and i can you know try to evaluate what i'm seeing here if this is like something that the retail would be an option at all or not and when i say retail again i'm talking about the whole blocks it's not only retail it's the tv and so forth with one or two skus it's going to be hard unless those skus are very special and i've seen people with even one sku i'm sending one sku right now for um australian company best the best lady on earth really the best lady on earth. I, when i've seen the sq i was like oh my god this is one sq what am i gonna do with that because like what's happening and then i was like so what's special about this product and she was like mate nobody have this product in the us i'm the only one i said the next thing i was like that's it i want to sell this what does it take to sell? that's what i want to sell because it's unique and back in those days, there was, I think she had a design patent uh, in the beginning, and now she's supposed to have utility. I'm not sure. But even without the patent, it's so unique product that I don't mind being, you know, with one SKU. Obviously, it has different shapes, but the, the SKU is the same SKU. The, the, okay. the product is the same product. So that's number one. Number two, if you don't have something special, but from the other hand, you have a lot of SKUs, you have a lot of variations. So yeah, definitely, it's most probably going to be you know, good enough for retail. Why? Because when they look at it, they, I mean, the big boxes from their side, they are thinking about, you know, what's the benefit of working with you? If you have a special product, obviously we want you because you're going to, you're going to answer our, what they, what they call empty, um, uh, empty shelf. They call it uh, uh, blank. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the term white space. So white space is a term refers to like a situation where there might be a place on the shelf, but there's no product. And then you come up with the product and say, oh my God, we can put that on the shelf. Because this is like, wow, we don't have such a product in our shelves. That's a white space. They also look about, you know, they're looking from their side, how is it going to be working with you? It's a huge thing. And they're trying to define if you're 
like there's a big term what we call and we're going to talk about it retail ready if you if they want if you want to work with retailers or with this retail space you have to be retail ready this is the biggest term i could think about retail ready means that besides all the things that we're going to mention later on retail ready means that you know what they're talking about and you show them that you know what they're talking about if they identify that you sell all only in e-commerce space and they can identify that in seconds most cases they wouldn't want to work with you even if you have the greatest products on earth because they are afraid because it's not no not the easiest thing on earth to be a vendor for for retailers especially for the big boxes but it's totally doable from the other hand yeah it's not like it's not in the sky yeah um very doable then, but you need to be competent and speak their language i guess apart from anything else is, is the sense exactly. that i'm getting from you there's a different jargon there's a different mentality which is yeah it's not a huge gulf to bridge but if you don't do the right then they're not there to educate you and hold your hand right and that would waste their time i could see See right. I mean, beware, when I yeah. talk with Amazon vendors and I don't, I don't sell on Amazon. I never did. Hmm. The only thing I know is how to order some, you know, kitchen stuff for my wife on Amazon, if at all. But then when they, then when they say, you know, hijacking PPC, I know the terms because they speak about it all the time and I kind of understood them, but I don't speak the language, but I just know a little bit, but that's, that's good enough for me to communicate with Amazon sellers and know what they're talking about. So that's what I mean. You don't have to be expert. You don't have to be, you know, super knowledgeable because that's, We'll get to that, but that's things that I'm doing in the process of working with me. And then back to your question, just to wrap it up. Yeah. As long as you have like somewhere between five to 20 SKUs and they are a little bit different from the others, you're doing something different. You're not bringing the same shelves like everyone or the same pans or the same cutlery or the same knives or whatever. You're doing a little bit different. You design them, you invest your, you know, you're making it different. It's not line of products. It's a brand then you have definitely most cases a lot of chances to sell in the retail okay there's a you know there's, there's a guy in, in the states most of the people know him known for our he's he termed it very very precise he says uh the rise of the micro brands this is what we're experiencing right now like micro brands are rising now selling to costco is not something that only huge companies are doing like you know back at 15 years ago you don't have to have huge warehouse with tons of skus and you know 20 20 000 employees to be able to sell to costco no i'm working with costco right now and i've been applying with uh, someone's products to costco in the states and they love those products the guy had like i don't know two or three people within his company not more than that vas okay and and they love the product so they opened the door to us to another 12 or 13, I think, different countries they sell it. So Costco Taiwan and Costco China and Australia and so on and so on, including UK. And I was like, wow, where did that came from? And they know what is this level because the person who connected me initially in Costco knows exactly what I'm doing. And he knew that we're not talking about huge label here. Okay. So this is the, the rise of the micro brands. And I think everybody should jump on the boat and enjoy it as well. <laughs> amazing that sounds great well so i'm just going to make sure that people know where to go to, to get this and we're going to do a redirect so that people can remember because we've got a, a horrible url here with lots of strange letters in so if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash retail empire amazingfba.com forward slash retail empire then there's going to be we'll just redirect you over to the form and that's basically a kind of free audit isn't it for people that you you're going to check are they potentially retail ready and i think getting that being willing to risk the uh, the fact you might say no but you're close is i think a valuable 
checkpoint for people as to how close they are to, in that terms, a micro brand. Because some people think they have a brand because they have a logo, but their product's exactly the same as everyone else. Whereas some people really do have an identity that is a little bit unique. And I think this is one of those moments where they can test that question by talking to you and, and with your incredible knowledge of this landscape, see whether they have something there or not. And even if even if you're just doing it to kind of test where you're at, I think it's an important sort of external, what's the word, a reality check, just like trying to get a valuation for your business from an accountant is another one. It's it's an external reality check. I think that's, I'm always um, a big fan of getting outside from the day-to-day operations and seeing what somebody outside your business thinks about your business. So if nothing else, I think it's very valuable. So again, it's amazingfba.com forward slash retail empire. In our next episode, we're going to talk about how to get retail ready, but for the moment, so that people absorb that and if they need more help, come to you. So, Talal, thank you very much for opening our eyes to sure. this amazing opportunity. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.